Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce for Thursday, April 1st. I, Alex was very close today to starting the show saying I fired you and try to do like an April Fool's thing and be funny. But there's so much to talk, but there's so much to talk about. We just don't have time for April Fool's Day. So I'm not going to do it. And so I just, I kind of blew it. I had something in mind, but I just was like, yeah, I don't don't have time for that. Okay. Could you just breeze, breeze past it then? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just wanted to let you know that I was about to fake fire you on the show, and I didn't. That's mainly because there's so many games to talk to get through. There's news to talk about in the NBA. And there's another NBA media Twitter beef going on that I, I do want to address this time, more so than the KD Rappaport thing. Obviously, if you're an NBA fan, you probably – have at least on some level seen this Russell Westbrook, Stephen A. Smith stuff. And I do want to talk about that at the end of the show because there's multiple things about what happened uh, that I want, that I think some, some things are getting completely passed over in this. And there's just some points that I think that I think are being overlooked about the whole situation. Uh, Maybe get some credit going in the wrong direction. As Twitter but, is known Twitter, to do right. from time to time. But we will get to that at the end of the show. We'll try to get through the game so we have a decent amount of time at the end and not go crazy long today. But let's start. So as we're recording, the Lakers are losing by 16 points to the Bucks. Andre Drummond, his debut, he just left the game. He went to the locker room. It looked like he was messing with his toe and he was limping on the way out. So that's not good. He looked terrible in the minute up until this point. So Laker fans cannot be very happy with that. Uh, I, I, we probably won't really go much through this game if he doesn't come back in, because that's really the story from this game. But I'll tell you that he, if, if he doesn't come back into this game, Andre Drummond, he finishes the game with one rebound, three turnovers, four fouls, two for six from the field. Um. He only played 14 minutes. He hasn't played in a while. So I guess there should be like a ramp up period, but he, he was very pretty kind of vocal in the media. Like, and, and, and Frank Vogel said like, they're going to play him 30 plus minutes when they can't like eventually. And like, he's been saying like, I'm in shape, I'm ready to go. And I'm going to be a dominant defense. He's saying all these things. He looked terrible. <laughs> he looked awful. He got rejected by the rim a couple times. Brooke Lopez. Oh no. Brooke Lopez dunked on Trez. But Drummond, just, he didn't look very good. I know it's just the first game, but I, I just know how Lakers fans are. They're 
they can't be happy with what they saw of this guy. Yeah. They were getting pissed at Danny Green in like the playoffs last year. Like they're getting pissed at everybody left and right who's playing good. So I don't think Lakers fans are going to be too fired up. This is such an interesting case for Andre. Like this is the ultimate case of like a stat guy going to a good team and playing in games that matter for like the first time ever. You know, like he's never really played in games that matter. I mean, Detroit probably, they made, probably the made the playoffs once they, or they twice. They got swept by the by the Cavs, okay. I remember. Yeah. I think that was Stan Van Gundy's first year as coach there. I just feel like this basketball that he'll be playing down the stretch is so different from everything he's ever played, and we'll learn a lot about him. Oh, yeah, it's, it, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's a great example of what we talk about on here all the time, which is guys that are good on shitty teams ha- when, when they play on a good team. This is like the real – the gauge, right? Like – was it just that you were putting up these absurd Hall of Fame level numbers on an awful team and an awful franchise? Or can you really contribute to anything now? Still, this is a Lakers team without LeBron, without AD. And he comes in with a with actually, I would I, I think like a little more pressure than your typical buyout guy because he is young they are struggling without LeBron and AD and he is replacing Marc Gasol who they brought in, in the off season to replace JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, who just helped them win a championship. So there is, and it's Lakers. So there's like a different level of pressure for a guy who's hasn't been playing in a couple months. So this could be a one-off. We'll have to see what the injury is. Um, Cause toes, although it's a toe, Toes suck, like the Tricky, especially especially for big men, right? Yeah, like the the big toe injury. It's a tough one because you can't you can't do anything. You plant mm-hmm. every time you step, so it's it's really it's a tough injury if it's a bad one. I can't, it can't be good if he was limping off the court into the tunnel. So remains to be seen. But he looked like he looked really bad. He looked real bad. Missed some dunks. Like didn't it wasn't good. good yeah the, the lakers twitter is probably already ablaze right now but it is tough i mean the team's already in flux and, and they're so i mean the two of the be- three best players in the league are missing it's not it's probably not fair to be too hard on him yet but yeah. i don't think this is going to go too well my <laughs> hunch yeah yeah i mean he might be good with those other guys he yeah. might be and good next to really AD, matters, right? which yeah. is what matters but you know, and to the point that we've made a couple times and James made it the other day on the show and everyone kind of makes it. Jabari made it. This team, when they're at their best, it's going to be when AD's at the five. Like in the playoffs, their best lineups are when AD's at the five. So this is just a, a Band-Aid, so to speak. Just like get get us to the playoffs and then we'll figure it out from there. So, yeah. Uh, all right, let's 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 talk about what we really want to talk about, though. Let's have a little bit of a love fest here. Ready for the love fest? Let's mm-hmm. have an Anthony Edwards. Okay, first. I thought the twist was gone. Uh, Minnesota beat the Knicks 102-101 tonight. And we we actually, I mean, we, we've talked a ton about Anthony Edwards on this show, especially when he had that little run after the break, like talking about maybe he can work his way into rookie of the year conversation, this and that. He, he, he tapered off a little bit in the past couple of weeks. Watching the fourth quarter of this game against the Knicks felt like a turning point for this guy in the season to me Uh, because the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter, the T-Wolves essentially, and even the announcers, the T-Wolves announcers were like questioning like why is Ricky Rubio in the game at this point? Because it's, it's Anthony Edwards. Like they put the ball in Anthony Edwards hands and said, go win us a game against a really good Knicks defensively, a really good Knicks defense. And he just took, totally took the game over. He had 12 points in the last seven minutes. Uh, He was like his, the game looked slow to him. It looked, he was in pick and rolls. He was just, just doing whatever he wanted, getting to the rim whenever he, he goes by everybody. Like he's just so much more athletic than everyone out there. He had a nice driving kick to Malik Beasley for a three. And then he, in the last possession for the Knicks, he l- completely locked down RJ Barrett and caused a turnover. Like he, he just literally did everything. And yeah, he's, and he has had big games like scoring wise. And maybe there's been, I mean, T-Wolves fans that watch them would know more than I do. Cause I don't watch every one of their games, but this is the first game I've seen with him at least at the end of a game in a close situation where he was just like, it, this is my, this is my team. I'm taking over. And that's, 
a huge thing for them. It is. And, and especially because that's what you need from a wing, like the first overall pick who's a wing player, right? Like Carl Anthony Towns is, is as talented as they come as a big man, as a big man. But we talk about this all the time where when, when you're in crunch time, the fourth quarter, like you need that wing player to go win you the game. So that's incredibly exciting for, for T-Wolves fans. I think the future is so ridiculously bright, not only for him, but this whole team. Like, their pieces are really, really strong. I'm a huge – I really like Malik Beasley. I think he could turn into, like, a premier shooter. Um, he hit the game winner tonight. You mentioned Anthony Edwards drove to the rim and kicked out to him. Um, I mean, th- this is the sort of stuff from this team that makes you think, like, they can turn this around quickly. Because – it's not like the Knicks played terrible. The Knicks are a great defensive team and uh, their rookie first overall pick goes and wins them a game against probably a playoff team. So it's really nice. It's a really good win. And then after the game, he's getting interviewed by the local broadcast and they ask him what, what was going on? Like take us through that last defensive possession. And he said, well, we just told Jaden, Jaden McDaniels, like don't let Julius Randall touch the ball. And he's like, and then luck, he goes, luckily the ball ended up in RJ Barrett's hands because that's who we want to shoot it. And if he shoots it and makes it, we'll take it because that's the guy we want shooting the ball. Wow. He said that. He, yeah. so he basically regurgitated whatever his coach said, I guess. But I like, guess I don't think he meant to like yeah, just tear down RJ Barrett. But he, again, he's a ch- he's a kid. Like you listen mm-hmm. to him talk. He's like such a kid. And I, I don't think he's done this a lot, especially in this situation where he completely took over a game and let his team back. So I don't think he meant it to sound as insulting as it did, but he just, he just tore, he took, he took RJ Barrett down. And because here's the other thing. That's not totally true. Like RJ Barrett's been playing really good basketball, right? right. but he was like, we'd rather have RJ Barrett shooting that than anybody else. I don't think he meant that. I think he meant. Oh, we don't want Julius Randall. Yeah. Yeah. I think he meant we want anybody other than Julius Randall, but Mm -hmm. the way it came out was, we'll live with RJ Barrett shooting and we want him shooting over anyone else. He was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Speaking yeah. of the, the T wolves local broadcast team. So I, I haven't really watched too much of this team, but it's mostly been highlights and I let it slide the first time a couple weeks back. They, they always call him ant, right? They call him ant. So mm-hmm. the play by play guy, he, he had like a crazy dunk or something. And he goes, ants do have superhuman strength. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty wet. Like, okay. He's like comparing him to like ant, like actually ants. Right. Or Ant-Man. after he made. Yeah. Ant, so he makes a really good pass tonight. The guy goes, ants do have compound eyes. And I was like, <laughs> like literally <laughs> listing like physical traits of ants. Actually. So, I love that. That's hilarious. Like, I, I don't know how deep this is going to go, but like there's a lot there. So I'm going to be listening. For yes. It. Because I that, that's that. like, the the superhuman strength thing is like okay like we know ants can lift more than their body weight or whatever but then to go into compound eyes is like such that's a reach to me exactly it's one, that's like a that's great like no, the delivery was really corny that's it, it really good. good like i mean obviously we know local guys are usually pretty shitty so it's i mean it's clever i think it i think was, it's clever I, I think it's clever if he just like goes real deep into like the attributes yeah. of ants. <laughs> like how many vertebrae they have or like yeah. something <laughs> like he does like some kind of like crazy up and under and he's like ants do have extra vertebrae <laughs> in their in their left elbow <laughs> yeah. it's coming all right if anybody yeah we need to know anytime there's there's a, a biological ant reference yeah anytime in the timberwolves game yeah. uh for the knicks it's just like man it, it's tough because their whole off, like the last, I gotta say, like the last ten possessions, it was just like, get get the ball to Julius Randle and get it out of the get get out of the way. Which I understand, like in the NBA, that a lot of times everything is run to get your best player the ball in the matchup. But they weren't really even like running anything. It was just literally maybe one action and then ISO Julius Randle, and it's partially because of the, the roster is just not good. Like they're mm-hmm. they're they're solely winning off of their defensive play and Julius Randle playing out of his mind most nights. But when, when he gets shut down, they, they're just, it's a struggle for them. They yeah. still, I think are a playoff team in the, I think they are a playoff team in the East. Like you said that, although it, nothing's guaranteed at this point, like purely because of their effort offensively. On defense. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, and Derek Rose hasn't been playing and I don't know what the deal is with that. Uh, RJ Barrett has played better. They just, they don't have shooting. Mm-hmm. Look at their starting lineup, Alfred Payton, RJ Barrett, Nerlens Noel. 
Uh, you, you can't. Yes, it's not great. And Obi Toppin, he's just not ready yet. He's not it's good. Just... Uh, quickly has not done a whole lot the second half of the year. Alec Burke's actually playing great for them. But mm-hmm. again, like if that's one of your main scorers, you're probably not doing a whole lot. Right. But there's upside there. Like RJ Barrett and Julius Randle, and, and quickly when he develops, are three really high upside guys for this team. They just need to do a lot of work in the offseason. And I guess probably partially that, you know, when you look at the fact that they have three core guys, maybe they other players will actually come to New York. I think they're sitting on a decent amount of cap space. Yeah, right. They could theoretically upgrade in the offseason for sure. Yeah. If anybody wants to go there. But oh boy. Oh boy. Am I freezing up? It's beginning. Yeah. The Alex the Alex freeze up is beginning. Oh man. Um, all right. Elsewhere in New York. Brooklyn beat the Rockets 120-108. But the story out of this game, James Harden left the game with a hamstring injury, uh, which is rare. James Harden doesn't get hurt much. He usually plays mo- he usually plays a lot. Uh, it's a hamstring, so it's concerning. Steve Nash said after the game that hopefully – they or they're hopeful that it's not a long-term thing. Uh, but I mean, golly, with this, it's the last thing you can have with this, with the, with these guys, with with the unknown of KD. Now, Harden hamstrings have a tendency to linger at times. This team is they are boned with. I mean, look, if KD comes back there, they can still win the East. But I, I do think if you just bring back KD and Harden's not healthy, or if you just bring back Harden and KD's not healthy, like. There's no lock anymore. I think you need all three of those guys for this team to be a lock. And even then, who knows if they're a lock, but they're like more of a lock with all Mm -hmm. three. But lingering injuries are just, you know, shit. It also touches on what we we got at last night with like, but the time the playoffs roll around, these guys are just not going to have very many games together under their belt. Like even if Durant comes back soon, I would assume Harden misses at least – three or four games, I would assume. I mean, that's total speculation, but I mean, it would, they're the, they, they take over the top seed in the East now with this win. So it would be dumb mm-hmm. of them to like force anything. Right. But I mean, it, good chance Kyrie gets dinged up at some point, you know, like they just, I don't see them having many games together by the time the playoffs roll around and, and they're going to have to flip the switch and really get it going fast. That's not to say they're not still the favorite in my eyes, but it, it's, yeah, it's trending away from total lock. Like you say. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this team still like Houston was winning a lot of this game and then they just turned it on in the end. Now we get to see for the next, at least couple weeks, a Kyrie Irving led Nets team. And they're going to do so well. (laughs) Yeah. It would be interesting. They're still, I mean, they're still, they still have a lot of really good players on that team. So I think they're going to win games, but this is, this will be something right now. The pressure's back on him to continue to carry the load. Yep. So we see how that goes. Uh, Houston. I want to see them win some games because I want them to like succeed. I want Steven Silas to succeed. But as we get to Oklahoma city, I'll explain why I want Houston to lose every game (laughs) because I, it for funny. So we can, we we can just go. um, Avery Bradley played tonight for Houston. Kelly Olenek played really well for them again. Kevin Porter Jr. had a great game. John Wall didn't play, uh, but it's just it's tough. It's just tough for this team right now. It's just it's just tough. That's all there is to say. We are we are in the officially in the dog days of NBA basketball right now. You know, like we just we, there's not a lot to say about some of these really shitty teams because they're just going to continue to lose and lose and lose. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad. I mean, it's we're not that far from the playoffs. Like about yeah. we about 22, 23 games on average, I think it is. But yeah, and, and I I just really deep down believe that Steve hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're freezing up, Alex. Safe going into net, you know. He's safe. I just don't you're freezing up, dude. Are we way out of whack here? Hold on. No, wait, you were just all frozen. Say what you're gonna say again. Oh, I, I just said I have to believe deep down that Steven Silas is completely safe to get into next season, you know. So as horrible as the season's going, I think, you know, he's going to get a, a high draft pick and get these guys an offseason together and maybe bounce back 
next year. So yeah, no, I think so too. And as I said, we'll talk about this. We could just go to the Raptors Thunder game real quick right now. Um, but as I said, it's important that they are bad because so okay, <laughs> OKC beat the Raptors tonight, 113, 103. Uh so uh, would as far as the Raptors go. I think it's a. I think we can safely say that James was wrong. This is not. I don't know. I mean, I guess he may not be wrong in the sense that maybe they weren't were the best eighteen in twenty eight team ever. I don't know because I don't know that. But this team stinks. They're not good. Yeah. This team is not. This team's just not good. And there's only like I think we say it all the time, but like there's only so long you can blame playing in a different arena, having COVID at a point in the season because every team, other than the playing in a different arena, every team is going through shit. Yeah. But the majority of their guys, Kyle Lowry didn't play tonight, but he didn't. But he played last game, and he they didn't win. Uh, and then they lose to a team that is openly trying to lose basketball games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not only that, well, first of all, Gary Trent had thirty-one. So here we go. He's doing the same thing Norm Powell did in losing games. Uh, but not only did they lose by ten, blow a lead. Um. The Thunder had 73 rebounds. That number is remarkable. Now, I mean, it's that's... weird when you look at the box score, like it says 64, but then they had nine team rebounds. Oh, okay. Which is like, so you're right. Yeah. Like if they get possession of the ball, but no one person gets it, like if you right. get tapped out of bounds. So those get counted as team rebounds. Okay. So, but still 64 is an absurd number also, <laughs> but by a G League team. The starting lineup for the Thunder tonight Theo Maladon. Moses Brown, Isaiah Robin, Kenrick Williams. Bench players, Josh Hall, don't know who that is. Justin Jackson, Tony Bradley, Darius Miller. Oh, God, Alex is frozen again. This is this it's is a just, G-League team. That just is. This is just this is just something. Alex, I thought we were past this, my friend. Thought we were past this. Is this an April Fool's joke? Am I back? Yes, you're back. Am I back on here? That this would be an, a, a fantastic April Fool's joke, but it's not. My internet is just absolutely brutal right now. Um, what were you saying? Uh, I didn't get any of it. Oh no, I just was confirming that this is a certified G League team. It's horrible. And if you're the Raptors, I don't care if Kyle Lowry's injured. You just can't lose to this team and have any sort of. And Respect here's the, here's what's crazy about this, right? Lou, they didn't have Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, Shea Gilders, Alexander, Al Horford. <laughs> but even but here's the thing, even that is not a good team. But this, like, you take that away, and it's just like wow. Oh, and no Poku Shevsky. Um, he was out too. And it, he's super skinny guy, right? Yeah, yeah like the, half the roster is not even playing, and they and they had 73 rebounds it, that so that's a, just a complete embarrassment for the Raptors but also for the if you're the if you're the Thunder like what the fuck are you doing dude like I, I know you can't like how can you tell your guys like look I hate tanking I think it's so st- I hate it and I don't think it, it is proven that tanking can help you build your franchise I just don't think it's there's a proven there, there's so many things that go into it just losing to get draft picks doesn't help your franchise but if you are going to intentionally bench your best players to lose games then you gotta lose games dude you Mm. gotta lose the games well i this is so rich for sam presti i just love it i absolutely love this that his guys are playing their ass off their coach is coaching his ass off and he has to sit there and know that it's killing his his whole grand scheme because they're not gonna at this rate they are not gonna get the first pick it's just not gonna happen um, so good, Sam Presti. That's a nice little dose of medicine for you. So, but so here's the thing: they are absolutely not going to get the first pick. In fact, the way they're playing right now, they may be like bottom half of the top ten. They might be like eight, nine around there. Now, here's the other thing: they do have three first round picks this year. One of them is Houston's pick, protected in the top four, mm. oh, which man. looks like they almost certainly will not get Houston's pick. Like Houston's gonna be in the bottom three or four now they could fall out it's a lottery anything's possible but if they don't get that then they get miami's pick 
it's a three-way pick. Oh, swap. wow. It doesn't even go to like next year's no, Houston if pick. If they don't get the top, if they don't get Houston's pick this year, it turns into Miami's pick this year. Their other pick is the Warriors, which is top 20 protected. So if it lands in the top 20 and they don't get it, it becomes the Wolves' second round pick. Oh my God. So am I frozen? I can't tell. No, no. I I think you just froze out of shock. So my my whole thing is, is like everybody who's praising Sam Presti about the draft pick shit, maybe look a little deeper into what these draft picks actually are. There's a chance that not only they won't get a top five pick and they'll only get one top 10 pick. And their other two picks this year will be a, there's a, there's a legitimately good chance right now that the Thunder get a second round pick from the T-Wolves and a late first round pick from the Heat. And those are their other two picks that everyone is losing their minds about Sam Presti trading away his whole organization for. And then just to go even further, 2022, they have the Clippers pick, which even if Kawhi leaves, they're not going to be that bad because they'll still have Paul George and they'll have money. And the Suns pick, who will be one of the best teams in the NBA. 2023, they have their own pick. Then they have Denver's pick, top 14 protected, which doesn't matter because Denver's not going to be bad for a long time. And then they have a pick swap with the Clippers. Again, maybe that works out. 2024, they have their own pick. Houston's pick, top four protected, and the Clippers. That's the first time that I could see maybe they start getting like some value out of these picks because maybe the Clippers are a mess by then and like rebuilding. But – it's just, it's crazy. There's, there's just nothing. There's nothing mm-hmm. good. The best part about this is that it, like, they're going to, it ratchets up the pressure on Sam Presti like crazy because they're going to have picks, but they're going to be in more difficult positions. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like him drafting at eight, nine or 10 is so much more difficult than a, than a top three pick. So this could really fall on, on his head pretty bad. And I love it. Yeah. Um, and actually, in in on this game, if I'm Toronto at this point, I'm trying. I would probably tank now too because it almost feels like you're getting so bad that, and you're in such a tough spot with the contracts and your roster that maybe the way to salvage this organization is getting a top five pick and getting one of these kids that they're all everyone's saying is a franchise level player in this year's draft. They won't do it. Yeah, I just I don't even think you can tank with like three corner cornerstones. You know. In quotations, well, you, you know, can't. they have these. Maybe you can't intentionally tank, but they may not have a choice because yeah, they're, gonna, they're, they're, just, lose. they're just they just, just suck. Mm-hmm. Oof. These teams are both a mess. Uh, all right, Boston. Speaking of a mess, Boston lost to Dallas 113-108. And I think we figured out Boston's identity now for at least this season. Being bad or well, their just... identity is getting pounded out for for three quarters. And then making a furious rally to to lose by five points or less. Yeah. And making it seem, if you didn't watch the game, like they were in it when they were never in it in the no. first place. Mavericks did everything in their power to fuck this up. And they could. Which is what happened didn't. the other night against the Sixers, right? Right, right. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Mavericks were just so superior in this game. It's incredible that it ended up being five points. But I mean, I've hammered the Mavericks all year about how soft their bigs are. Their bigs dominated the Celtics tonight because the Celtics <laughs> Mo don't Wagner have and Luke any. Cornette. Like, it's, Luke Cornette is—he's not an NBA player. I've only put the only person I've labeled that is Howell Neto so far this year. Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, that's true. He's not either. Luke Cornette's not an NBA player. He just isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking, yeah. I mean, that's just what it is. Uh. Well, yeah. I mean, he got cut by the Bulls, so <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This team, I just don't, I don't know what the path forward is. There was a report from an anonymous GM today that, or is either today or yesterday that Danny Angel get it done. Like he'll, he'll turn it around. Like, and it was like, it was like, it was like, look at what he's done in the past. He got all those guys. He won a title. And then he turned that into this and he'll figure out a way to get it done. And then there's a lot of people speculating that the anonymous GM that's putting that out there is Danny Angel. <laughs> be that would be awesome but yeah i mean he, he well he can't turn it around this year that's all on the players and brad stevens like he's given them a a shitty roster like 
if he's going to turn it around, I guess he's going to have to have an incredible offseason. But because that's right. the thing, Tatum and Brown are just not the problem. They're still excellent, and this team can't win. So yeah. that tells you how bad of a general manager he's been, specifically the past two offseasons, I would say. Yeah. Yep. Uh, good. Great game for Luca. Seven of 11 from three, 36 points. That's nice. Where are they at right now? Like, are they in the playoffs hunt? They are. They're four games over 500. It's it, they're having a weird year. They're the seven seed right now in the, in the West. Um, oh, that's crazy. Like, I they know, were so dude. bad for such a long time. Hey, maybe Luca plays his way back in the MVP. It's possible. I mean, they, they definitely, I mean, you, they've you've got to jump Portland and Denver probably. I don't right. think that's going to happen. Right. Uh, all right. A few more games to but get maybe. through before we, uh, Talk about this Harden, or excuse me, this Russ Stephen A. Smith thing. And while your computer continues to freeze and it and it fixes itself, maybe I'll talk about Blue Wire Hustle. Is that how's that? No, I want to be here for this. (laughs) You are here. You're here. You're here. All right. I mean, you are here. I hope I don't lose audio. But at least if you freeze, I can I can handle this. You know. We know this from experience. Um, this is your favorite part of the pod. I have this. I even wrote this in. So I, I hope you get to stick around for it. Uh, look, I mean, if you're trying to start a podcast and you have good internet, unlike Alex, and you're not planning on freezing constantly in the middle of the show, when we thought this was taken care of, when we when Alex texted me earlier that he was on the phone with Xfinity. And instead of getting his internet fixed, he was talking with a guy in the Philippines about the NBA. If you don't want to be like that and you want to host a good podcast, Blue Wire Hustle is the place for you. It was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Uh, if you, But if you just want to host a podcast and you don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place, right? I mean, part of the program, what, what are you getting the program, Alex? You want to tell the people what they get? Well, you're going to receive personal cover art. And that's really the golden ticket here. It's huge. Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks that I know Joey has, has learned a ton from. Yeah. Top podcasters like Lazarus Jackson, who's going to be on the show tomorrow as a mm. guest co-host. That's a top podcaster. Bet that's he has just great a, internet. That's just, poof. yeah, well, he's in Detroit, so it's got to be better than Philly, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. uh, did you say the Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher part? No, that's on oh, you. Okay. I dished it over to you. Oh, got it. <laughs> I got I, I got thrown off. On top of all of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get it all for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me or us, or mostly me, because <laughs> we don't know when you're going to be able to hear Alex, talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited. So get your application today to apply. Go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. No, I, so in the beginning there, I did cut out. And then when I came back, it was like the audio is catching up to your video. So it was like, you were speaking really fast and it sounded like even more impressive. Oh, really? Um, I wonder yeah. if it records that way. I hope not. No, no, it's, it's all my, like uh, it's the, all play, your the playback on my end. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. A couple more games. Uh, Miami beat Indy tonight, 92, 87. They again are now tied again with the Lakers for the most wins, holding a team under a hundred points this season. Uh, their offense stinks, but Duncan Robinson now, since the break, is shooting 57% from three. He seems to be all the way back. Tyler Hero looks like he's pretty much all the way back. Their offense still not very good, but it's getting better. And a team that has now held back-to-back opponents under 100 and has held opponents under 114 wins this year is getting Victor Oladipo tomorrow. Exciting. It's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 like, the upside's crazy. It really is. It's just been such a weird year, and but we're both such big believers in Spo. I just feel like this team has a really strong, uh, like, kick to end the season here. Um, but th- that will depend a lot on on if if Oladipo fits for sure. So that'll be interesting to watch. 
Yeah. And I, I look at it like, you know, Miami, again, even they won 92, 87, Indiana, even with miles Turner, this is an interesting stat. Miles Turner, as good as he's been defensively this year, they're second worst in the league in points in the paint defense. Oh, wow. They give up almost 52 points in the paint a game. Miami only had 42 points in the paint in this game. Uh, Victor Oladipo averages like nine points a game in the paint. It's going to be a different – I think what he brings in terms of their offensive struggles is just a guy who when this team is insistent on shooting threes like they've been all year, he'll just go to the rim. He'll just He'll just be a rim attacker downhill – and he'll get to the line and get to the, and it's not all reliant on Jimmy Butler, maybe turning it up, maybe not. Mm-hmm. So that'll be helpful. Sabonis got hurt in this game. He did come, he came back, but he got banged up. I mean, they just, the, yeah, the Pacers just, just can't, they just can't fully get right. It sucks uh, because they should be an exciting team, but it's just one thing after another for these guys. Mm-hmm. It must be really, really frustrating for a Pacers fan because I know Pacers fans are looking at this team like we, we're we're not a 21 and 25 team. Like this this team is better than that, and it's true, um, but it's just a tough season for them. Yep. Uh, Chicago, uh, there's one second left, but Chicago, nope, it's over. They just lost to Phoenix. So they have still not won a game since trading for Vucevic. They're a mess. But, I, you know, I didn't realize this the other night when I was talking about the fit with Zach Levine and, and Vooch and all that. I think Zach, Zach Levine has been dealing with this ankle thing. For, I don't think he just got hurt. I think he's been dealing with this ankle. Okay. And that is probably – I should have known that, but that's probably a part of why he's been struggling too. He didn't play in this game against the Suns. Kobe White didn't play. Um who else? Someone else in play, but this, they're two best individual scores. So, you know, losing to the Suns, it actually relatively competitive game. You only lose by, um, you only lose by five and Devin Booker had 45. So, you know, there's some upside there. The Suns are the Suns. We know, we know what that team is about. So it's whatever. But I, the thing I thought that was interesting about this game was their starting lineup was Thomas Sadoransky. Patrick Williams, Thaddeus Young, Larry Markinen, and Nikola Vucevic. So, so no one shorter than six seven. Wow. Yeah, that that's that's a long one. That's <laughs> that is a really, long. That is it, a long. It, one. it didn't do much defensively for them. Um, I was just saying, Vooch must be looking around like this feels like the magic again. Like he put up identical numbers that he's been putting up in Orlando without Zach Levine, obviously, but. I just hope the Bulls can get this thing right soon because they're underperforming big time too. Um, it, it kind of sucks, but yeah, I mean, it's all Zach Levine. If he's healthy, yeah, I mean, he's got he's to be healthy because they were overperforming when he was healthy. I mean, he's an all star, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hopefully he gets right. But again, like even if he, even if they don't, for me with the Bulls, it's like I've seen enough of the Bulls this year that I know I'm confident in what they can be going forward. Yeah, if they don't make the playoffs, it's it sucks for them, but like, it's not the end of the world because they're so young. There's such upside for this team. Then we've seen glimpses of what this team can be. Yeah. So I think just the fact that we've seen that they can develop going forward is the win for them this year. Yeah. And I do, th- I think at the very least that they're, they're going to make the play in thing. Like they're not going to fall that far right now. They're sitting at the 10 seed, but they're just, they're just so much better than the Raptors and, and, I guess you can't rule out the Wizards getting hot, but I don't know. I think they're safe to be at least in that play-in game. Yeah. Uh, all right, last few games. Utah beat Memphis. Not a whole lot to talk about there. Uh, they still have the best record in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell didn't play. John Morant had 36. But Kyle Anderson had a triple-double. Uh, Utah wins that one. Dame takes out the Pistons, has another – Big game, 33 and 10 for him. I saw a stat where he's like, I think he's leading the league in fourth quarter points and he has like the most total clutch points. Just all, just a bunch of like clutch numbers. Or the guy's an animal. It's, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. What's their schedule? I hope I get to see them on national TV soon because, oh yeah, they're on NBA, NBA TV tomorrow, two days from now. Nice. Uh, and then, right, side note. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I think we 
we went probably a little too overboard the other night in our apology and our praise of the Kings, <laughs> because just when it seemed like they were turning this thing around, they were one of the hottest teams in the NBA. They get, uh, they get ham fisted by the Spurs tonight. And it's unfortunate. That's all I got about that. That's all I got about them. I think you're frozen. That's why you're not responding. Yeah, you are. All right. I'm going to move on from this game because no people don't really care about the Kings a ton. I got ham fisted. This whole pot, this whole episode is ham fisted. It's a good thing that I think people have come yeah, to the, expect. The production quality. It's a good thing that people have come to expect some wonkiness in this episode because I think in a lot of podcasts, we would have stopped. You would try to fix your internet, or maybe I would edit this stuff out. It's not, I'm not doing that. It's no 1230. It's 1230 in the morning. We love our listeners and we're asking them to get through this episode with us right now. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to kick in the door of Xfinity tomorrow. I'm going to scream at somebody. I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen again for our listeners. But I did catch your ham fisted and I thought that was good usage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've been, you've been kind of ham fisting me this episode. Um, but uh, you're frozen again. I love it. <laughs> it's great. Let me move on. Uh, so there's a couple news items to at least talk about briefly before we talk about the Russell Westbrook thing. Um, Joel Embiid back on Saturday. That's big news. Talk? No? Do you have anything to say about that? Oh, my God. You're completely frozen now. Huge news. <laughs> this, I is, no this is awful. This is awful. This actually is going to end up being our worst episode yet because of this freezing. Chip. Or our best. Am I back? Well, now you're kind of back. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're back. This is horrible. Man. Talk, talk, talk about Joel Embiid. I'm so glad Joel Embiid's back, but I'm so angry at Xfinity and everyone that works there. <laughs> yeah, this is rough. You moved houses. This was all this stuff was supposed to be taken care of this is the plight of being a podcaster sometimes like i I'm, i literally don't know if anything i'm saying is getting picked up but i by, hear that i heard that coming through yeah yeah i hear that okay so joel and beats back on saturday and that's fantastic news and i'm super excited and if he wins mvp and i win a thousand dollars on my bet i'm gonna move again and to a place with decent internet okay this is ridiculous Boogie Cousins signing a 10-day contract with the Clippers. I just love the, him signing a 10-day. I don't know why. I just think it's it's hilarious. There was some people saying that like he's he is at least um gaining a lot more respect like like from teams for the fact that he's not trying to like pull the star card like I'm still like he's trying to earn it. Right. But also is a sign that like someone that talented has to sign a 10 day, he's probably done. Yeah. It's so it's so sad because just because of how quick the drop off was and, and his game was so fun when it was at its best. Yeah, I got a text today. I think it was Brian who texted me today, basically saying, Is there any better or worse fit for Boogie than the Clippers? Match made in Buster Heaven. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. They it's- they basically have an all buster. They're pretty close to an all buster team at this point, depending on how how buster is she think Kawhi is. Yeah. I don't see a scenario where Boogie going to the Clippers works out in any way. No. Also, we didn't even talk Rajon Rondo and Pat Beverly in the same backcourt seems like not great. I don't think they're going to be in the same backcourt. They're not going to play together. I just mean in the same practice practices, like it could get ugly. Well, I think the best thing that could come out of it is like Rondo knocking out Pat Beverly at some point. That'd be amazing. That would be, that'd be unbelievable. Cause I'd love Rondo. I'm a big Rondo guy. Oh yeah! As soon as the one time he took a swing at Chris Paul, he sealed himself as an all timer for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Let's talk. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor. 
and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. About this, so this Russell Westbrook, Stephen A. Smith thing that I just, again, look, the show is mainly meant to like recap the games and the on-court stuff, news like Boogie and Embiid and, and, and all that. But this, it just happens. These things happen where they be, they take over the NBA news cycle. And I do, I, I, I want to address it because I've been on both sides. Like I've been on the team side and I've been on the media side. So I do, I think like when it's something like this, unlike the Durant Rappaport thing, which is just like too two idiots being idiots. Like, I do think that there are valid things on both sides of the Stephen A. Smith, Russell Westbrook thing. And I do think that there are like totally absurd things on both sides. And and so I want to like play a little bit of it and read some of the quotes and just how, like we can react real quick. So I want to play. And I think I'll just play the, how this all started. So Russell Westbrook had another triple double, Last night, it was this was either after last night's triple double or the triple double before. Either way, Stephen A. Smith on his show, Stephen A.'s World, reacting, and I'm going to share my screen so you can see and hear this. Um, but it was Stephen A. Smith responding or reacting to one of his triple doubles, and this is what he had to say: Westbrook is a serious brother. Um, He's real and, and authentic in every way. And I have nothing but the utmost profound respect for him as a man. I truly mean that. And, you know, with a lot of people, I can joke around, but not when it comes to, to Westbrook, because that ain't his style. You know, you don't joke when it you comes to You can hear it right, him. Alex. And I respect it. Yep. Um, so I'm going to be as real and as authentic as I possibly can be. Westbrook's numbers last night mean absolutely nothing to me because even though that's great numbers, that's what Westbrook can do. We all know this. He's a former league MVP. He's the most athletic point guard we have ever seen in NBA history. Uh, He's been, I believe it was four conference finals in his career. Um, We know this, but here's the reality of the situation. Russell Westbrook, when we look at his game, it's the same stuff every year. Kevin Durant departs. You don't make it out of the first round until you get to Houston last year. Last year in Houston, he was an MVP candidate, averaging 27-7-7, and okay? But in the playoffs, they obviously folded because they were going up against the Lakers and they were just overmatched. We understand that. You want out. So what do you do? You end up going to Washington. Now, I understand that I get to look at coaching because Scott Brooks should have some explaining to do to have the absolute worst defense in basketball. Any coach that has the worst defense in basketball should have some explaining to do. They are ranked 30th in the league in points allowed. But Bradley Beal and you are in the backcourt together, and y'all are 17 and 28 in the Eastern Conference. And you're Russell Westbrook, and I want to remind everybody who are the teammates have been. Kevin Durant. Now, Russell Westbrook's getting paid over $200 million. And damn it, the curve of fervor he brings to the game, I understand him getting that money. But in terms of results, Kevin Durant was your teammate. Harden was your teammate not once but twice. Reggie Jackson was your teammate. Serge Ibaka was your teammate. Victor Oladipo was your teammate. Paul George was your teammate. Bradley Beal is your teammate. I mean, damn. You've played with some great, great players over the years. Some talent. Okay, so I'll stop it right there. Now, I played a long clip. That was about two minutes. I played all of it because before we get into all of this, like the response from Russell Westbrook and then the response from Stephen A. Smith, what of all the things that were said in there, what was the most wrong thing that he said? That they have the worst defense in basketball. <laughs> no, no, no. Because the Kings have the no, worst defense in basketball. No, the, and and I pointed it out on Twitter, and I, I haven't seen, I haven't heard anyone else point this out. Was it the Oladipo thing? They were no. Was he well cl- close? But he's naming off all the great teammates that Russell Westbrook's had, and he names Reggie Jackson. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't he's even like, think I heard him say Reggie Jackson. He goes Kevin Durant, James Harden twice, Reggie Jackson. 
Victor Oladipo. <laughs> like, oh I don't even think I heard. I don't, Reggie Jackson didn't even register for me. That's wild. But here's the thing. So here's what's funny about it. We'll, we'll go through the whole rebuttal and all that. But then today he did a nine minute response to the whole, for, to Russell Westbrook and Russell Westbrook's wife. And this is like a snippet towards the very end. Damian Lillard sent you home. Donovan Mitchell sent you home. James Harden sent you home. All along the way, and Kevin Durant left. In your career, you have had Kevin Durant, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, Reggie Jackson, Victor Oladipo, Paul George, James Harden again, and now Bradley Beal. So here's my theory. Wow. Here's my theory, right? My theory on this is, and, and Stephen A. Smith does, I think, know the NBA. But I think my theory on this is they have a huge staff for these type of shows. And one of Stephen A. Smith's things in the meeting was probably like, somebody get me a list of his best teammates. And some PA who doesn't really know the NBA was like, Reg Jackson was, I think, is good. <laughs> And just put it on the list. And Stephen A. Jackson, just, or Stephen A. Smith just keeps reading it. It's so bad. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. It's definitely given to him. Like he, he's referencing the same list that was created twice. For <laughs> so that, that was the most egregious thing. But so then Russell Westbrook's wife go, like went off on Instagram. And the thing, you know, the, there was, she said, she, she, there's a bunch of things that she said on there, but. Um, she kept like she said, like you know, Stephen A. Smith comes out of nowhere to share his non congratulations. When he does bad, we hear about it. When he does well, we don't hear about it. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true because he had a he had thirty and twenty the other night, and that's all anybody was talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then she said, Russell's the happiest he's been he's ever been. Not having a championship does not hurt him a lot. You know nothing about him, and if you did, you'd know he's way more than a championship. He's a champion of life, a champion of his people. He doesn't care about your championship and certainly not your opinion. He cares about his people, his community, and trying to make the world a better place. And then Russ had a whole long, he had like a two-minute response um, where he kind of doubled down on that. And, you know, look, I, I don't want to read the whole thing. Even though I did read, I did do the whole Stephen A. Smith thing. So maybe I should read the whole Russ thing. I don't know. It's pretty long. But the gist of it is they don't know where I'm from. They don't know me. Um, he said, it says, this is quoted from, I grew up in the streets. I'm a champion. I don't have to be an NBA champion. I know many people that got NBA championships. That's miserable. Haven't done nothing for their community. Haven't done nothing for the people in our world. And for me, my legacy, like I mentioned before, is not based on what I do on the court. I'm not going to play basketball my whole life. My legacy is what I do off the floor, how many people I'm able to impact and inspire my along my journey. That's how I keep my head down and keep pushing. Cause it's very important that you don't let negativity seep in because it's been like that my whole career. Honestly, there's no other player that kind of takes the heat that I take constantly, but I take it as a positive because obviously I'm doing something right. If people are talking about me and that's how I feel. It's so weird, man. It, it must've really struck a nerve, honestly, but the tone of the response from Westbrook and his wife is as if Stephen A. Smith, like totally disparaged his character. She didn't. At everything all. everything Stephen A. Smith said negatively was about basketball and things in between the lines. So I just don't really get it that much. Like, I, it, it's weird, like, why this struck such a nerve with him. And it makes me think he actually, deep down, is really upset that he he's not a championship player. Uh, like, in basketball, I really, I think yeah. that might be the case. That is like, why. That, that is, that's a good point. I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah, um, I just don't know why this got his, like, him so fired up. Yeah, it is weird. And I think I've saw some people saying that that there's potentially like this is something that's been boiling up for him for a while because this is not a new narrative that the triple double we you we talk about it. Yeah. I mean, we're who are we? But we everyone this has become the thing, right? Since he averaged a triple double and hasn't won anything. Like that the triple doubles are not important as important anymore because he hasn't, you know, he doesn't win. That's not wrong. Mm -hmm. But again. And, and Stephen A. Smith, I'm not a huge fan. I don't watch him. You know, I don't watch his show. But he is the most popular 
apparent like you know sports figure or media member or whatever he's the highest paid all that uh but he he says wild shit this was not yeah, like this is not even like remotely the most wild thing i can recall him saying and he was very as a person and as a man he was very complimentary of russell westbrook he was just very honest in a way that many people are about russell westbrook that the numbers don't matter to him anymore because he just want he he wants him to win. And my biggest issue with Russ's response, I mean, I guess there's a couple of things. First of all, my my issue is with NBA fans a little bit because again, I compare this to the thing we had with KD yesterday, which is if this was Scott Van Pelt saying this, or if this was Dan Lebetard saying, like somebody who's sort of universally loved by sports fans and Russell Westbrook went off like this, they'd be like, what a dick, what an asshole. What an, you know, how sensitive is Russ? What like going after Scott Van Pelt, but because Stephen A. Smith's loud and because he's polarizing and because people don't like him, it's like Russ is look, look at this guy. He's a hero, man. Look at, look at what Russ is saying and sticking up for athletes and this and that. I didn't read it that way. I read it as a slap in the face to fans. I let it read it as a guy who like, Hey, you're not the only, like, I'm not one to talk about growing up in the streets and making a life out of, I've never wanted for anything. I grew up fine, but I'm just saying like athletes, professional athletes in general, the majority, like the minority of of professional athletes are people who grew up in good situations. Like it's usually people who struggled. Right. So yeah, you are champion for overcoming that. That's great. And bringing up that you have generational wealth and that you've you've overcome and may, and you've you've gotten generational wealth and you can help people with it that's amazing too you're cha- you are a champion in life because of that but I think there is in the player empowerment era which I'm all about player empowerment or however you want to put it there has become this disconnect between players and fans where it's players think fans mean nothing. Like it, like it's not even about the fans anymore to some of these, to some players where don't, like I think he forgets the league would not be where it is if fans didn't invest their time and their money into the game and care about championships. Well, well, that's my point is you will make $200 million because fans pay to go to games because fans pay for cable and pay for league pass. And you're out, they're able to have a billion dollar TV deal. You make $200 million because you have one of the highest selling jerseys and people buy shoes and shit because you're a basketball player, right? And all those fans want is for their team to win. They are fans of you, but they want their team to win. And to openly be like, I'm happy without winning a championship. Well, it's just a slap in the face to fans. And that's where I'm just like, why is, I don't understand why he's getting praised so much for this response because- there are so many players out there that if they were like, I'm a champion off the court, I don't need to win on the court. They would get absolutely crucified for it. Mm-hmm. Like I take more heat than other players. Mm, I don't think you take more heat than LeBron and LeBron's done a lot of winning and he's come from nothing. And he has generational wealth. He, he, you can do it all, like <laughs> you know, and not insult the fans. Yeah. I, I, to me, it was just insulting to the fans. I, I, yeah. And I, I'm with that. And it's just like, I think the response it got in terms of people being like, you know, that's so well said, Russell Westbrook, like it does, it sounds really good if Stephen A. Smith had disparaged his character, but it's just not what he was talking about. You know, like, I feel like probably the majority of people saw what Russell Westbrook said and just assumed Stephen A. Smith said some crazy shit, which is a fair assumption, but Or or just read the headline. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Without looking and just see like, if you watch the first 30 seconds, Stephen A. Smith goes out of his way to compliment him as a person off mm-hmm. the court. So it's just both things were on such different wavelengths. It was, it was really strange. And I do think as somebody who like I want so badly in my lifetime to see the Sixers win a championship for somebody to say, like, I, I, I don't want to or I don't care that much about a championship. Yeah, it's not good, man. Like you should. Yeah. I, I hope you do, you know. And I just and, and I think with the whole like and. With, with the whole like, like the whole slap in the face to fans thing, like the insult to fans. I I think about it like, 
um, like Oscar Robertson, for example, or somebody who played in the fifties or sixties who that's who Russ gets compared to because of the triple double thing. Like, do you think Oscar Robertson would take some criticism to make the money that guys make now? Definitely. You know, it's just like, there's a, I hate to use the word sensitive because it gets overused with NBA players now, but there is an, a little bit of an oversensitivity to the, to, to people talking about that. Like you're a public figure. You make a lot of money. He didn't say anything again. Like you said, he did not talk about you as a person at all. He literally criticized your basketball game. That is the job. And Stephen A. Smith and ESPN are not necessarily Stephen A. Smith specifically, but ESPN and TNT and these networks out after the fans, just as important and influential as in the growth of the game, which is your ability to make this generational money. So it's just, they're going to do yeah. what they have to do. Yeah. It's all part of the puzzle. Exactly. Yeah. I'm totally and, with you on and, that. And to, and just to sort of finish it, because I'm not a huge, again, not a huge Stephen A. Smith like supporter in this thing, but I think Stephen A. Smith kind of put it pers- perfectly in his response today to them, which was, look, Russ Westbrook, it's great. I, I think you're a great, you know, you're a great dude, great person by all accounts, everything he knows about him, whatever. He's like, and it is great that you came from the street and you and you are a champion in life because of that. And Stephen A. Smith was like, but you know what? From the street too. I'm not as good at basketball as you, but I'm pretty good at this media thing. And I make a lot of money. And if and with the contract that I make with ESPN, if I came in here, which by the way, he makes $8 million a year. So for people who don't know that, according to the public records that have come out, he said, if I come in here, and, and making what I make on my contract. And I tell my executive producer and the president of ESPN, the yeah, ratings don't matter. They'd be like, what? Huh? What are we paying you $8 million for? <laughs> so for a NBA players making $200 million to be like, yeah, if I don't win a championship, it's not that big of a deal. It's a slap in the face to everybody. It, it is really well said. And I do think everybody that's listening to this should go and get the full story because I'm going to go watch. You said it was like a nine minute video. Yeah. The, the response yeah. today, yeah. that first one that we listened to was basically the whole first thing. But then mm-hmm. today he, there was like a nine minute thing where he just kind of, yeah. and it's good. And again, I agree with the basketball stuff he's saying. I've agreed right. with it for a long time. Russell Westbrook is super talented. He's been talented for a long time. League MVP. He hasn't won shit, mm-hmm. it, but that's not, not everybody can win. Right. Yeah. It's And it, by the way, it gives me even more respect for guys like Charles Bart for a guy like Barkley who just gets destroyed on national television all the time for not winning a championship and just sort of takes it in stride. Yep. You know, he could, he could, every time Shaq brings up rings to him on national TV, he could be like, Oh, but it's just like, I, because it really truly probably does eat at him, but he knows like, what is he going to do? You know, Mm -hmm. I think, and he sees the big picture of how great his life has turned out because of basketball and what the NBA has has been a part of his life. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Russ, I, I just, just didn't love it, it. Similar to Kevin Durant, it hit a nerve, and and he he felt some sort of way about it, and that's fine too. It's just it's just it didn't make a lot of sense. There's it's just weird. I I just I guess I just think this is the second day in a row now where a player has gone off and a nerve has been hit, and their response has not warranted the reaction of the people. Yeah, and you see that a lot more. You're right. Yeah, I I wasn't really totally aware how too many people were reacting to this. So. Um, but like, I think KD even more so, like if you, yeah, I, that I, shit was crazy. Like, that here's was... the thing. Here's the thing. Russ has every right to be angry. You can be angry all you want. Yeah. Um, and you can have your opinion, but like the response by the people was just weird to me. And I think a lot of it was because of who he was responding to the KD thing too. And KD, what KD said was way worse because it was a whole different thing, obviously, but it was because of who he was, was responding to. People are not taking that into context. They're just looking at, oh, Michael Rappaport said something about KD and KD went off and used and just flamed him. Good for KD. Michael Rappaport's a a clown. Stephen A. Smith said Russell Westbrook's numbers aren't important. And Russ said this whole long thing in response. Oh, good for Russ. But they're not getting the whole picture. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. 100%. It's crazy. 
Uh, all right. Well, that, that's that's my my rant for the week. I think hopefully I'm done having to do these Twitter battles for the for the for the. We'll week. see. Let's make it a hat trick tomorrow. And you yeah. and uh, who's on tomorrow? I'm excited. Lazarus Jackson. He hosts so, the. First of all, could be one of the all. We we used to do the uh, all NBA name segment. That that could be on there. I mean, that, yeah. it's okay. I love that name. He uh he's the host of the. Blue Wires Pistons podcast. I got I, I got to be better at remembering the names of these podcasts. I remember the. I'm we haven't actually spoke on a podcast before, so, um, Pistons versus Pod, or Pistons versus Everybody Pod. Sorry. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. They play Ask tomorrow. Ask about Hamadou Diallo for me. That's who I wanted. I I'll be know. interested to hear a lot of. I, I am actually, you know, like I don't know. So we do an all we do a a show about the entire league. So I'm sure people are interested in the league. I don't know how interested this at this moment people are for like a deep dive on the Pistons, but I but there are a lot of things I I'm interested about in like just like in terms of the way that team is being rebuilt and Mm -hmm. um, just the reaction in the city. Like it just it, it would be interesting to know like how do fans feel about what's going on up there? Yeah, and I would like to ask them about Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. Because it's going to be a good one. Those have been two huge storylines. So tune in for that tomorrow. And then, Alex, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Later, guys. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com/safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.